Welcome and greetings, career-minded superstars. You are listening to the exclusive Career Coach, your podcast for all things career. And I'm Lisa Edwards, the indispensable career coach for superstars just like you. Now let's dig into this week's topic, shall we? Go from dragging yourself to work each day to finding a job you love. The Career Spring program is for high achieving and ambitious mid level professionals like you who are looking for a job that uses your zone of genius, recognizes your value, and pays you what you're worth. If you're ready to learn more, schedule a complimentary consult using the link to my calendar in the show notes. Be sure to follow me on Exclusive Career Coaching on Facebook. Lisa Edwards on LinkedIn and Lisa.Edwards on Instagram. Greetings. How's it going? How is your October? How's your, (laughs) for me, it's my football season. I'm loving that things are kind of back to some semblance of normalcy, although I did get COVID going to my first football game since before COVID, so that wasn't great. I'm still feeling the after effects of that. Those of you that are of a certain age that have had COVID have probably had a similar experience. I don't have to tell you how much fun this has been. Hey, I wanted to let you know that I have extended the rate review and subscribe contest for this podcast through 1014, which is a Friday at five o'clock Eastern. So if you haven't already, here's what you do. You go to your podcatcher of choice, wherever you're listening now, you rate review and subscribe. You can do one, two, or all three of those things. If you rate the podcast, you get one entry into the contest. If you subscribe, you get two entries. If you review the podcast, you get four. And then you just need to shoot me an email and say, Lisa, here's what I did so that I know you did it because I may not be looking where you have rated, reviewed, or subscribed. My Email address is lisa, L-E-S-A, at exclusivecareercoaching.com. What do you win? You win a $250 Visa gift card that I will get in contact with you and get your mailing address and send you an actual physical Visa gift card in the mail. So please do that. You help me out. You help out other people who may be looking for great career advice, and you help yourself out. So it's kind of a win-win-win. Go for it. All right, today we're going to talk about the basics of networking. Really, I I called it the ABCs of networking. And I wanted to gear this episode specifically for those of you who kind of avoid networking like a root canal. You really, really hate it. You self-describe your networking skills as being terrible, poor, whatever. And also those of you who think networking is just not necessary to land your dream job, right? So you have deluded yourself into thinking, I can just look at job boards and I'm going to get a great job that way. I don't have to talk to the humans. Here's a quote that I used on a previous podcast. The opposite of networking is not working. I love that quote. I've actually had a meme of that on my social media. The opposite of networking is not working. And and it's so important. And we tend to think of networking as this... sort of a switch that we turn on when we want to look for a job and then we can turn it off or put it on the shelf or whatever while we're gainfully employed and we take it back down. And what I really want you to think about is that networking should be 
a low-level, lifelong activity. Now, yes, can you ramp it up when you're actively job searching or for some other reason really need to engage your network? Absolutely. But let's think about the the sort of the math of that. If you're starting from zero and you're trying to ramp it up, there's a very steep curve there to get it where you want it to be. If, on the other hand, you have operated at a low level, and I'm going to describe and kind of define for you what I mean by that in a little while. But if you've been operating at that kind of low level all along, then that ramp up, if you need to, is going to be much more gradual, not as steep, and certainly won't take as long to do. I want you to keep in mind as we think about networking, because the pushback that I get from a lot of people is, I don't know a lot of folks. And it isn't about how many people you know. It's about starting where you are, because all of us know at least, you know, five other people. We probably know a lot more people than we give ourselves credit for. And that's where we're going to start. And through the process of networking, we're going to know a whole lot more people. I also want you to keep in mind, and I, I learned this years ago, and it, it really stuck with me. Networking is not about how many people you know. It's how many people know you. So think about it, right? We all know Tom Cruise. We all know Joe Biden. We know King Charles. But do they know us? Probably not. They, none of those people know me. So they're not in my network, right? I may be fans of them. I may follow them on social media, whatever, but they don't know me. And so this podcast, I think, is a great example because I'm networked to hundreds of people that listen to this podcast, but I've never met them. So they're in my network if i if i knew if i got to know them and reached out to them they're in my network but right now you're not in my network if i've never met you i may be in your you know you may consider me someone that you know but i'm not in your network until we get to know each other and then once we get to know each other then we're in each other's network does that make sense I want to talk for a minute about the reasons that networking is so important. And and some of these may be very obvious and you may think, Lisa, this is so basic, but I think it's important to review this. So let's talk first about internal networking. And by that, I mean networking within your existing organization. Why do you want to do that? Well, you can use it, use your internal networking to advance within your current organization to get tapped for high-profile projects within your current organization that would give you much more exposure to the right people, to receive recognition for the work you are doing. I had a client that I was working with the other day who was really bemoaning the fact that he was never getting recognized for the contribution he was making. And I you know, encouraged him to own his responsibility in that, that he wasn't tooting his own horn in a positive way, not an obnoxious, you know, all flash and no substance way, but in a, hey, look what I'm doing, look what I'm contributing, because it's up to you to promote yourself within your organization, if you, especially if you want recognition. And then finally, to become well known for your brand throughout the organization. It's so important. And one of the things that I work with with clients in writing their resumes is identifying their brand. What are their differentiators? What separates them from their competition? And that is useful not only when you're looking for a job and the employer says, why should we hire you? But it's also important as you build your career, knowing if you think of it as kind of your brand is what you stand for, it's who you are professionally speaking, then you want to use that knowledge to 
leverage decisions that you make about your career, which projects you should you should kind of sign on for when you have an option of whether to, to sometimes you don't have an option with, with projects. But when you do, how do I leverage what I know about who I am, what I'm great at, what I stand for to advance my career in a way that really serves me while at the same time benefiting my employer? Now, what about external networking? So we're talking to people outside of our current organization. Well, first of all, this gives you an opportunity to find out and hopefully get promoted for job opportunities. So if you think about people that know you and maybe they've worked with you in the past, they you know stay in regular contact with you, you will be top of mind. When an opportunity comes up in their organization, they think you would be a great fit for. Also, You want to externally network to collaborate and partner with people maybe in your community. It could be within your profession on a larger geographic scale, or it could be your industry on mutually beneficial projects and opportunities. Now, think about that for a minute, whether you're working at the community level on something to benefit your city or county, whether you're working within your profession to better your field, or whether you are bettering your industry, you are connecting with other stakeholders, key decision makers, let's call them movers and shakers, in other organizations, other geographic locations, maybe other professions or other industries, and you are getting more widely known. And so not stepping out of your current organization is very short-sighted, not thinking about the benefits of being involved outside of your company. All right. Also, external networking allows you to be selected for leadership roles within those same organizations that I just talked about, whether they are community-based. So maybe it's the Chamber of Commerce or your Rotary Club or your another civic organization, something to do with your church. Also, your profession. So can you hold a either a state level, maybe a local level, or even a national level office within your profession. And the same thing with the industry. How can you contribute within your industry? Again, same benefits. You're getting exposed to people you would probably never know, and certainly they wouldn't know you, but for this opportunity that you take advantage of. And then finally, let's be a little bit altruistic. You get to help others when you network externally. So networking is never or should never be a one-way street. And the way that I teach it, I think of it as an equal exchange of energy. And this is what I teach my clients is how to give as much value as they get. So think about it as sometimes it's just paying it forward. I don't need anything from this network. I just want to get to know this person. I want to know what they do. I'm genuinely interested in helping others. And that's going to eventually help me. But even if it doesn't help me with that interaction, I know that it's going to help me in some way that I can't possibly foresee. So hopefully I've convinced you of some of the benefits, maybe all of those you were already familiar with, maybe I'm giving you some new information. But let's talk now about how to do this networking. And I'm going to set it up like the, the old reporter way of gathering information, who, what, when, where, and why. So first of all, who? I get a lot of questions from people about who people should be networking with. And that question alone tells me that that person doesn't have a networking strategy. You develop a networking strategy by knowing where you want to work. 
you be kind of begin with the end in mind. So there is the outgoing strategy of let me start with who I know. And there's a role, there's a role for that. I'm going to talk about it. But the more strategic approach is where do I want to work? You identify maybe 10 or 12 companies that are a perfect match for your skills, the culture, the work environment, the geographic location, whatever is important to you. And then once you've identified those dream employers, you work backwards using LinkedIn to figure out who do you know relative to that employer. Do you know someone who works there now or has worked there recently? Do you know someone who is connected, seems to be, uh, seems to know the decision maker that could hire you? And if you can't think of anybody like that, then who do you know I call them centers of influence, people who are very well connected and who might be able to lead you in the direction of someone that could help you with that company that you don't know anyone at or don't know anyone who knows anyone at. If you know how to use LinkedIn's advanced search function, that's how you're going to do this. So if you're not familiar with this functionality, last week's episode, which was 244, gives you a step-by-step process for how to use the advanced search function. And I created that episode because I had a client who didn't know it. She's at a very high-level sales position, and it just rocked her world when she saw it. And I've taught many people how to use it, but it just occurred to me that there are still a lot of folks who don't know how to use that function. They only know about that search bar up at the top and they don't realize how much further and more specific they can get. So please listen to 244 if you don't know what I'm talking about with the advanced search function. Now, as I said, this is a more strategic approach to networking, but you can also start, especially if your comfort level is really low with networking, start with what I call low-hanging fruit. So these are the people you know well that you feel most comfortable with. So you're not going to be as strategic here. You're not going to have maybe an ask, a particular ask in mind, but you're kind of, you know, you're. it's like you're going to run a marathon. Well, you don't start by running marathons. You start by taking little, you know, little runs. And, and doing some other exercises to build up your leg muscles and whatever. I'm talking about something I have no knowledge of, by the way, <laughs> when it comes to running. But that gives you an opportunity to kind of work the kinks out so that you, you know, you can get, you can feel more confident as you go into a more strategic approach. And hey, you never know where those are going to lead. You may get a great lead from someone that you know that maybe you've, well, you know, you haven't been in touch with since before COVID or something. So that's the who. Let's talk about the what. And we're talking about, as I mentioned earlier, networking to me and my definition is an exchange of energy among equals. It's not an all take and no give. It's equal exchange of energy. And I make a very clear distinction between networking and informational interviewing. I actually did an episode on informational interviewing, networking, and asking for the job. I don't I don't remember what number that one was, but I did that one not terribly long ago. And informational interviewing is more one-sided. You've got a series of questions either about the person's job, their employer, their career director, trajectory, their industry, whatever. And it, again, it's it's a very one-sided conversation. You may be able to give value to the other person. You may not. So networking, again, what it is, an exchange, equal exchange of energy among equals. So that's the what. Let's talk about the when. 
And as I mentioned earlier, so many people mistakenly think that you only network when you're looking for a job and then you put it on the shelf and it just makes me cringe. And it should be, when done correctly, it's a career-long process. And if you aren't looking for a job, so you are just like motivated by what I'm saying today and you're thinking, okay, I want to put in that low level of networking that Lisa's talking about. I want you to build a modest amount of time into your regular schedule. And I'm going to give you some examples of what that might look like. So maybe twice a week, you spend 15 minutes on LinkedIn to connect with people, comment on posts, cultivate relationships with your connections. This is what I do. Obviously, I'm not looking for a job. I set the timer on my phone for 15 minutes. And when it's done, I finish whatever it is I'm in the middle of and I am done. I don't keep going. I actually do that with this and then an online women's group that I'm I'm a VIP on where I'm contributing, kind of answering other people's career related questions. I set the clock for 15 minutes for LinkedIn. When it's up, I go over to the other site. It's called Fairy God Boss. And I set 15 minutes on that. And again, when it's done, I'm done. So 15 minutes twice a week. So there we've got 30 minutes. Also, what if you attended one networking event a week? Maybe either a one-on-one or a group. So maybe you're a member of a group that meets once a week. Well, that's a networking thing, right? You're going to that meeting. And then the other three or four weeks of the month, whatever it is, you schedule a one-on-one meeting. Or if you're in two networking-related groups, you alternate those two weeks with one-on-one networking. So low level. So what might that take? Maybe all told a couple of hours, including travel time. Also, you can connect on on LinkedIn with everyone you meet at the networking events or anywhere, really. So you want to always be either collecting business cards or writing people's names down so that once you meet them, you can connect with them on LinkedIn and then begin to cultivate or further cultivate that relationship. So that's that kind of low level, not looking for a job. I'm going to spend some time on LinkedIn every week. I'm going to make sure I connect with everybody that I meet on LinkedIn. And I'm going to see about one networking activity a week that's either a one-on-one meeting or a group. Now, what if you are looking for a job? Here's the formula that I use to parse out how to use your job search time. So if you're just right out of college, you're entry level, just graduated, 25% of your job search time should be spent on networking-based activities. Now, if you are unemployed, I say 30 hours a week is a job search because that's your job. If you don't have a job, looking for a job is your job. So that's 30 hours a week. So that comes out to something like seven and a half hours a week is networking-based activities. So clearly, with seven and a half hours, you should be and can be attending more than one networking event, more than one one one-on-one, spend more time on LinkedIn connecting and cultivating relationships. Now, when I'm talking about networking, I am not talking about applying to jobs on LinkedIn. That is a passive, non-networking-based activity. So we are talking strictly about connecting with people and making uh, cultivating those relationships. Now, if you are not entry level and you're you're kind of mid-career, you've been out there for a little while, I want it to be 50-50. So let's say you're you are working, but you're ready for a career change. My minimum requirement to work with a client on an, any kind of an actual job search is that they can give me five hours every week for their job search. So they're working 40 plus hours a week. We talk about the reality of that. And for some clients, they say, you know what, I can't do that. 
I don't have I don't have five hours a week. I'm working ninety hours a week, whatever. So we we look at them very differently. But for those who are interested in actively job searching, they want to get out sooner rather than later, five hours a week. So if they're spending half of that time, so here we are at kind of mid-career, we're doing 50% job uh, passive strategies, 50% networking. So clearly that's two and a half hours a week on networking activities. And if you're at a more senior level, I want you to spend at least 75% of your job search time on networking and you can do the math so again we have if you're working we want to spend at least five hours doesn't mean you have to stop at five hours but i want you to commit to a number of hours a minimum of five that you can consistently commit to we don't want to be you know five hours one week 20 hours the next week no hours the next week we want to set a schedule here and then if you aren't working 30 hours a week and again at the senior level 75 percent of your time should be spent on networking and then if you're at the executive level you're looking for a vp level c-suite job you really 100 percent there's your jobs don't exist online your your jobs exist through retained search firm recruiters and your network so what are these activities that you might do during that time if you're in active job search so I would recommend that you spend one hour, five days a week on LinkedIn. And again, this is going to vary depending on whether you are already working or unemployed. So adjust accordingly. But certainly if you are unemployed, one hour, five days a week, that's five hours a week on LinkedIn. You're connecting, you're cultivating relationships, you're commenting on posts, you're asking people to meet with you either through Zoom or Teams or you're meeting on in person two to three networking events a week with a combination of one-on-one and group events. So look, if you're not a member of any networking-based groups in your community, what could you join if you already are a member? Is there an opportunity to up your game with those or at least attend regularly? And then the the one-on-one meetings and that again can be one-on-one in person at a coffee shop over lunch, over drinks after work, or it can be something like a Zoom meeting. And then also still connecting with on LinkedIn with everyone that you meet at networking events. Otherwise, you are looking actively for opportunities to connect with people that you've already met. So that is the when of networking. Let's talk about the where. And I talked a lot about this in episode 179. So that's been a while ago. And I encourage you to listen to that episode for a very in-depth discussion of where you can network. I'm going to give you a brief overview that I went into much more detail with in that episode. So the suggestions included Meetup, which is a, a national group. You can you can Google Meetup for your local area. Service clubs like Rotary Kiwanis. The Chamber of Commerce is an excellent networking place. Facebook and community events. So there's a Facebook events tab. You may have a community events tab somewhere in your that's run by your city or something. Your place of worship is an excellent place to network and overlooked by many people. Your university alumni association, or you can create your own networking group. If that interests you, go for it. And then, you know, you can't, you're complaining about not having any local networking groups, start your own. In addition to meeting in person, as I said, you can meet via Zoom, Skype. So there's no geographical deterrence here. If you need to network with somebody in England or Germany, you can do it and you know it. Now, let's talk about the why. And hopefully I answered that question at the outset and I gave you reasons for both internal and external networking. 
I want to add one more to this list, and that's the how. So it's an H, it's not a W, but it's a how. So I want to give you eight tips for the logistics of one-on-one networking. Number one, don't be too aggressive when you first reach out. One of the things that is increasingly kind of driving me crazy on LinkedIn is people are asking to connect with me. And then right there in the connection request, they're trying to sell me something. I do not know, like, and trust them at all. I don't know them from Adam's house cat. I don't, frankly, don't like them right now. And I don't trust them because of how they're approaching me. So don't, I think of this as like a dating relationship. You know, you wouldn't meet somebody at the coffee shop and be like, hey, let's get married, right? You'd be like, yeah, you know, can I maybe call you sometime? Or, you know, would you like to hang out? You take it a little bit slower. So be careful about being too aggressive because it will invariably be a turnoff to the other person. Next. Don't assume they will participate. So as let's say you're communicating with somebody on LinkedIn and you're you have been communicating with them and you're ready to see if maybe they would have a Zoom call with you, you have some questions, you'd love to network with them. Don't assume that they will. That tone really turns me off where it's just like, okay, let's meet. Here here are some times I'm available. You want to show proper, you know, would you be willing to spare 15 minutes out of your busy schedule to answer some questions I have about your employer. I promise I'll keep it to 15 minutes. Like something very genuine that's authentic to you but doesn't assume participation by the other person. Next, make it 80% about them and 20% about you. So when you do finally meet with this person, if you're in a 30-minute time window, let's say. Let's say you're going to meet for a cup of coffee. Make the first 20 minutes about them. Ask them questions. And I've done other episodes where I've gone into depth about the mechanics of how to do that. So I'm not going to go into that here, but look up the networking. You know, I have my my podcasts are organized on my website by category. So if you go to exclusivecareercoaching.com and you go to my podcast tab, you can sort my episodes by topic. So find that networking tab and see what you can find. But you want to ask them questions and and make it about them and and give value ahead of time. So you're contributing to them, helping them out in some way before you ever ask anything for them. Next, I want you to be able to clearly articulate what you're looking for and what you bring to the table. Practice this ahead of time. Get very comfortable and talking about what you're looking for and be specific. Next, have an asked planned and be open to other ideas that your networking partner might have. So you've done your homework on LinkedIn. You know who this person is connected to. You want to meet that person. You're going to ask to meet that. You're going to ask them to introduce you, open a door for you in some way. At the same time, they may say, hey, I don't know that person that well, but here's who I do know. And they happen to be the vice president. Like you don't want to shut that door. You want to be open to what ideas the other person might have to help you out. Next, follow up and follow through is essential. Follow up is I'm going to remind you kindly of what you said. You know, I'm going to say, I'm going to send a thank you note and I'm going to say, hey, I'm really looking forward. I'm so excited that you were willing to introduce me to Sue Smith. I'm really looking forward to that introduction. So that's a follow up. A follow through would be when you said that you would send them the name of a vendor that you really had good success with or a potential someone that they should network with. Well, you want to make sure that you follow through and send that information to them. Next, 
This should not be a one-time thing. You want to have a plan for ongoing communication. I recommend some kind of a spreadsheet where you can keep track of this because some people you may need to meet with them again in a week, some a month, some three months, some a year. So keep some kind of record so that it's not one and done because they will not remember you if you only show up once every five years. You've got to establish a rapport with them so that that you are top of mind for them and conversely they're top of mind for you in whatever ways you might be able to help them finally the what i mentioned earlier keep records keep track of not only follow-up dates but hey they they said they were just back from maternity leave so i'm going to make a note to check on little junior you know in six months and see how they're getting along something like that Now, let's talk about if you're attending a networking event. I have eight tips for you for the networking events. Number one, have a plan ahead of time. Is there someone specific that you want to meet? Could be a specific person. Could be, I want to meet someone who works at X, who has X job, who does something. Or it could be, I'm going to meet a certain number of people. I'm going to go to this event. I'm dreading it. I don't feel comfortable in networking events, but I'm going to meet and and have connections with three people, and then I'm going to allow myself to go. You want to have some kind of measure of success for this event so that you can, A, give yourself a pat on the back for being successful, and then secondly, know that, okay, I don't have to keep, I don't have to stay here if I really don't want to. If I'm not into it, I'm not feeling it, I did what I came for, I get to go home. Next, Stand near the beverage or the food station. You want to avoid the corners of the room because that there's not a traffic flow there. And it's much easier to get kind of monopolized by someone else who doesn't like to talk to people and is not a good networker <laughs> if you're stuck in a corner. There's a steady stream of traffic near food and beverage. And I don't mean to stand in the way where people can't get their food and their drink, but you're just in that vicinity. Next, be interested first then interesting. So interested in what they have to say, what's going on with their careers and their companies, and then worry about it being interesting. Most of us make it about ourselves first, and that doesn't serve us. Next, don't hesitate to leave a conversation and move on. It's the nature of a networking event. You can just say, it's been great meeting you, and you don't have to give any excuse. You can give an excuse. I, I think I'm going to go refill my drink. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Oh, I just saw someone come in that I wanted to meet. You know, you can give an excuse, but you don't have to. But understand that the other person wants to probably meet a bunch of people too. So neither of you is benefited by monopolizing the other person. Next, same as I said with the one-on-one, be able to clearly articulate what you're looking for and what you bring to the table and do that very succinctly. Follow up and follow through, still essential. We talked about that. And then again, keep notes, keep records of who you talk to. And we, as we've said before, make sure that you're connecting with this pe- these people within 24 hours on LinkedIn afterward. And finally, periodically review the networking circles that you're in and make changes that make sense for you. I think of it as kind of an annual checkup of my networking events. Is this group, I'm, I'm going to look at how much does it cost me or how much does it cost my employer to attend this event? What is the what is the other cost in terms of things like time out of the office, time out of other job search activities, cost of gas, 
you know, whatever the full total expense mon monetary and otherwise is, and what is my ROI for this event? And I'm going to be willing to drop events, drop organizations that no longer serve me. Maybe they never really did serve me, but I gave them a chance. And now I'm going to drop that one. And I'm going to take that energy, that time and that financial commitment over into another activity that I think may get me a better ROI. So I hope this has helped you with the ABCs, the who, what, when, where, why, and how of networking. And I will see you next week. Take care. You've been listening to the Exclusive Career Coach with Lisa Edwards, CEO of Exclusive Career Coaching. It would be great if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Also, I want to be your career coach. So be sure to ask questions about your career management challenges and job search situation. Until next time.